1: From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk
2: everything outdoors. Yeah, it's time to hop on the crazy train. Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. Fasten your seatbelts
1: for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors, only on Sports Radio
0: 1057 FM, The Fan.
3: Aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train with
0: the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Well, welcome back, folks, for the second hour. With Dan Bush, Tommy the True Newbauer, and our special in-studio guest, Ron Johnson, pro bass fisherman from Arizona, formerly of Wisconsin for many years, but he had to leave us. We come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live. You can call us at 799-1250 with your questions or comments, or you can email us live at at Yahoo.com. Please tell your friends about it if you're enjoying the show. If not, change the channel. Anyway... oh well that's harsh tom i remember one guy years ago uh when we were in the old studio yeah and a guy called and he was all upset about something or other and i said dude if you don't like it change the station go to something else you know i mean i'm sure there's (laughs) a fine
1: home improvement show on a saturday morning you can tune into yeah exactly yeah
0: we're just sitting around.
1: Financial and fun. show. Yeah. There's one coming up at eight o'clock, on this. Well, yeah. this one's a good one here. Yeah. Yeah. I this mean, we like to have fun to. here. We it like might, to talk about
0: fishing and hunting and whatever, and we 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 love taking questions on different things. Matter of fact, did you guys happen to see the video? I don't. I think it was. It's on YouTube and it's on someplace else. A guy had a short video of this. Big musky. I don't know how big it was, but it was a large fish, maybe like a fifty incher. Yep. And it had like about a forty inch pike t bone Did you see that one? Yeah, yeah.
3: I saw that one. You yeah, saw it that?
0: went viral. Was,
1: I got it too. Was that? You didn't see
0: it? Oh my no. goodness! It's, yeah,
1: it's it's swimming like an alligator yeah. with this, yeah. with, this yeah. with this pike in its jaw. And drone. it was it's a big a pike. Yes, musky. it was kind of kind of creepy. It's cruising like an alligator, and these people are in like a or kayak maybe it, or canoe.
0: Yeah, maybe no. it was like a thirty-six inch pike. I, you know, it was hard it's to say. It's a big pike, but it's a big pike. Yeah, and and it's a big muskie and he's got a t-bone he's just swimming with it you know (laughs) i don't know how he's gonna swallow it if he tries but yeah that
1: one went viral
0: yeah that That one went viral that was i wonder where that was that could have i was even thinking that could have been pewaukee that could have been
3: what would you guys say is your top muskie place here i i even hear uh, a lot of guys say that is it true that Green Bay could possibly produce? They, oh, yeah. They oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's yeah. monsters,
1: monsters. Guys are getting monsters up a there guy, in the fall.
0: A guy caught a 60-and-a-quarter-inch muskie up there. Remember we talked about that yeah. a few weeks back? And it weighed, f- he, he weighed it, as a matter of it fact. Only it, was like, f- it only weighed. It only weighed like 41 pounds. You know, so, I mean, that, that fish should have weighed a lot more. It should have weighed more. But, yeah, if. There's, there's, I mean, they got such a high limit up there. What is it, 55, Danny, or 56? 54. Yeah, 50, there's 54? been a bunch. There's been okay.
1: 56, 57. Uh, giant muskie was caught on Mille Lacs over 4th of July weekend time. Uh, <clears throat> gal, 23-year-old Minnesota gal, was out with her family. I guess she was the only one in the family who never got a muskie, and they were giving her a hard time about it, and they were trolling. Mm-hmm. Looking at the pictures, it looks like they had some kind of a deck boat or pontoon boat, but they were trolling. And they heard a heard a fish rip in line. I guess it took about twenty minutes to get it in. Um, using a I think it was about a twelve inch, I don't know the twelve inch crankbait uh black and gold or something like that. They didn't say the type. And it was fifty seven inches with like a twenty six or twenty seven inch girth. Wow, and it heavy. could have been it could have been a Minnesota state record, but yeah. they just let it go. Yeah. It, you see her holding it and her arms are wrapped, you know. It's enormous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's monster fish. Bay of Green Bay, there's got to be a 70-pounder swimming out there. They estimated the Minnesota fish at maybe 57 pounds. So there's guys, people that are catching ones, pushing that 60-pound mark, you know there's a monster out there. If you get it well, at the right time. The too. Bay of
0: Green Bay is such a large body of water that a lot of those big fish can get overlooked. Well, they got, know? and they I got, mean, well, they there's, so there's probably
1: one out on a little reef somewhere in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Everybody hits the old, you know, Gano's Beach and all those places. Uh Everybody's, you know, every it, there's no, it's kind of like, there's no s- super secret spots out there anymore. Seems like everybody's kind of out hitting the same spots, but uh, I'm sure there's one out somewhere that probably mm-hmm. doesn't see too many anglers and all those whitefish mm-hmm. and uh, all the other food that they have. They smorgasbord out there. Yeah, there's ones big enough to eat the six pound smallies we're gonna try and catch today yeah. there, Ron.
0: But I don't. I'm inland waters in Wisconsin. I don't. I don't think there's a there's a, a state record, a world record. You know, in our inland waters, because you look at the last 30 years, how many 50-pound fish have been caught? It's just a handful Yeah. in the last 30 years. So, real and with all the musky anglers on all the lakes that have muskies in the state, that they're fishing all over the place, and with all the new techniques and the rods, reels, lures, locators, yep. maps, all this stuff, all the knowledge that musky yep. anglers have, that. If there was one out there, I think there would have been caught. Almost by now. makes
3: you question the world record. Oh, uh, of course, you know, it's been questioned it, quite often. Back oh. in that day,
1: couple things: uh, fifty pounders. You're right. Um the, the one, what's his name? The older guy, uh, road troll or trolling up there, got a couple. Yeah, yeah. He got one that he kept years yeah. ago. Years ago. Uh, I do think there are more 50 pounders being caught because of the fish that are caught and released on Green Bay that never yeah, see a scale. Yeah, Green Bay, yeah. yeah. As yeah. far as ones that we actually heard about, Wade, you're uh-huh. right, there, there's been a handful. Uh, as far as questioning the world record yeah Ron I've read all this stuff they've pretty much thrown out the art Lawton fish from St Lawrence oh yeah that, they threw that the, out oh, uh, the the uh, what's his name uh Len, the, the, Hartman records, yeah, the Hartman records. thrown he admitted they used to stuff sand down there oh, my. yeah to win you know a couple hundred bucks in local fishing mm-hmm. contests um, and you, then the Louis
0: spray fish have have been pretty much debunked as well well John Detloff, in his book about the Louis spray fish, he, he said that that was, he said it was legit. Well, he adam- but yeah, he but adamant- I because that's because he lives up there. <laughs> he adamantly kind of defends
1: it, and actually yeah. uh, him and Pete Mena, who probably, I don't know if they went to the high school together there or what, there's kind of a disagree- disagreement between those yeah. two. Pete was the one who kind of like, hey, come on, you know. He didn't, and, and he, he, Pete's from that area too. Um, the one fish that... Um, I've seen that was very verified was the Ken O'Brien fish, 1985. Oh, yeah, uh, The 65-pounder that he caught walleye fishing with Georgian Bay, I believe. Yeah, Georgian Bay. That's enormous. And the other one, if you guys have gone to the uh, Moccasin Bar, and John Detloff's had it at the muskie shows, the mount of Kel Johnson, 67-pound, 8-ounce, I think. Mm -hmm. You look at that, to me, that looks totally legit. Now, there's... Some people don't believe that one either, and they think, well, the mount, they sewed several, or whatever, not sewed, but put several sections of yeah. musky skin together to make it, and uh, there's no way, John, that him going to let him cut open a glass case and cut that thing apart to see, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that looks
0: like a legit fish to me. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. When you look at the top five fish uh, in Wisconsin, top five muskies in Wisconsin, that that's the one that really stands out like it. Probably really was legit, but no. I, I question the Art Lawton one. It's just that if you read the book, The Life and Times of not Art Lawton, excuse me, of Louis Sprague, The Life and yeah. Times of Louis Sprague. Oh, it's a great book. That great Lauf book wrote. that uh, John Detloff wrote. Excellent book. I would recommend that to our audience uh, to pick one of those up. It's good. Mm. Oh, I was just going to say, but at that time, that guy was a little bit of a uh, hornschwaggler. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of abandoned.
3: Like a lot of those Northwoods uh, yeah. guys are. Yeah, they yeah, kinda yeah. grow up. I wonder how it. they really legitimatize the record keeping Oh yeah. At exactly. time yeah.
1: One in. of the one of the pictures in one of Detloff's books, I think it's the one you're talking about, uh, they tell a story about there was some local bank robber and yeah. murderer, yeah. and they got a posse of the guys together to hunt them down in the woods. And they shot and killed him. And they shot and killed him. And then you see all these Sodbusters got their winchester rifles in their hand. And they're posing with the dead body, with the dead guy laying there yeah. with his head over a log, like it was a dead deer <laughs> oh or something. Yeah, kinda, oh, it's hilarious! Yeah, I know. It's kind of like they're the all, old west. They're you all know? proud. Yeah. They, there's the dead body. Oh my yeah. god!
0: Yeah, they they did a lot of different things back then to make them They can do anything wrong up there. I'll no, tell you. Come after the locals you. didn't play around. And you know, to tell you the truth, I even—I mean—a lot of records have been questioned. You know, the twenty-five-pound world record wall- walleye that was thrown out. You know. Uh, so, but the one the one record that that I questioned, too, because back in 1953 on Lake Ripley, how did how did they weigh that 11 pound three ounce largemouth bass? I mean, I mean up here you you know I mean the biggest bass I've ever actually seen, okay, by a guy on uh, from from Lake Nagawick, 25 inches weighed like eight pounds. I can't remember how many ounces, maybe like eight six or something like that, and it's like, other than that, that hey, you know what? That's why it's a
3: record. You just don't see stuff. But, like you've yeah, heard of you, Ripley's yeah. Believe but, It or Not. Yeah, you know? but, I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just,
0: true. but it's just like, it's like that's a big bass. What's that old fish a, up here? Yeah, up here, that's, that's a crazy. really old fish. You know, I mean, was I mean, and again, you 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 sometimes want to question. Did was that really? I mean. Was it really?
1: I wonder about a lot of different
3: the times, less pressure. Yeah. Um, you know, you wonder. maybe.
0: And that's not a big lake, though, Lake Ripley. No, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe but the smallmouth record today. The smallmouth record that's legit. That nine pound one ounce. As a matter of fact, I don't know. Did you hear uh, two years ago on uh, Pewaukee Lake? Air. Yeah, you heard about with Hali and all.
3: Well, I went out there. Jeez, uh, was it last year? I haven't been out on the lake. No, two years ago. You know, mm-hmm. I hadn't been out there in twenty years. I went out there. I think my third cast. 25 feet of water i got a small mulch just shy of seven pounds yeah
0: there's there's monster smallies out there monster smallies Yep, and a lot of guys they're not most anglers are not going to fish deep water because they can't see anything you know they don't know how to look at that locator and that but i mean the thing is guys like to see where where that weed line is where's the weeds you know and a lot of guys are so used to fishing bass in shallow water under the docks on the flats and all that and yeah you're going to catch a lot of fish and all that but sometimes those, those schools of bigger fish or just loner bigger fish are in the deeper water, you know, and if you can, and they're harder to find, but once you find that school of bigger fish in the deeper water, that's when you win tournaments, well, like right, well. Ron? <laughs> it was interesting. Yes. I was that's watching uh,
1: Larry, Smith, Larry Smith's show, yeah. and he was with a, a bass guide on one of the local lakes. I don't remember which, mm-hmm. and uh, they were fishing some deep water, and, uh, and the guy pointed out, he said that uh, you can sometimes find uh, big bass, all schooling together it, underneath schools of bluegills sure. in deep water. Oh, the, yeah. So well, he said if you if you can find bluegills, kind of kind of surfacing and stuff, he says a lot of times there's schools of big bass underneath.
0: I thought pushing I think that up. was Gillespie show with Bichanetz, Matt from Kalins. Nah, I think. It was... I think that was him on Delavan Lake. Was it? Yeah, because you're fishing deep water with drop shots. Okay. And he was looking for the schools of bluegills, and it's so funny. Out there for the panfish. That undel- one just aired, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, <coughs> yeah they were. Um, it's so funny out there. If you get on the, the deep weed line edge and throw a mini mite out there for crappies, if you're in that, let's say 10 to 12, 13 feet of water, you'll catch crappies, okay? You won't catch bluegills. But as soon as you get out into that 20, 25 feet of water, you'll catch bluegills and no crappies. It's really weird. It's like they, they know their place in that in the lake. You know, it's so weird, you know. So, anyway. And those bass are down there feeding on them. I mean, they're, they're feeding on all kinds of stuff there. They get a lot of stuff there. Yeah, when I think of bass, I don't think of bass
1: feeding on bluegills. Yeah, but, but they I guess do. They do, huh? You yeah.
3: Guy, you guys know, I, well, obviously, as yeah. this, this surface temperature in the water warms up, these fish are, typically, you're going to have a good group of fish that stay deep. Always, you, you'll usually mm-hmm. have resident fish that'll stay deep. Um, but out where I live, you know, I have a Florida strain largemouth and when, um, I'll return back to Phoenix somewhere mid to late October. And you know, I fish 55 to 72 feet of water for three months in a row, uh, while I'm guiding out there. Really, I never come shallower and, and that's where I catch all my largemouth bass. And they're, they're out deep where the schools of shad are and the bait fish mm-hmm. are the cooler water, uh, obviously, but, uh, they actually eat yellow bass. And I don't okay, know if you guys yeah. have those up here. Yes, they're yellow just, bass. They, they look just like a white bass, but they look are yellowish yeah, and they're a little bit small. A little yellow hue to the breast, but mm-hmm. look, I almost identical to a white bass. Mm-hmm. We got them up here. Yeah, in Lake uh, in uh, Lake Mendota. Yeah, they don't oh. get very big. I think uh, even a state record down by us is like 13 and a half, thirteen and three quarter inches. But those bass will. Go down in those uh, those deep wintering areas, and they'll they'll eat those yellow bass because they have to expend less energy chasing around bait fish. Right, and yeah. so they'd rather eat a bluegill or eat one a bigger bass, meal, one bigger instead meal. of a bunch of small meals. Exactly.
0: Matter of fact, my son who who was up here visiting us, he's from uh, Mesa, Arizona. Him and his family were up last week, this past week, and uh, he says, and I told him that you were going to be on the show. He says, oh. If I get up early enough, I'm going to call Ron and ask him and give me some tips for catching fish down here because he goes out in his kayak, okay? And that's the one tip I'm going to tell him that you said. Fish All he has to do is call me, especially fish if he deeper. lives in my town. Well, <laughs> exactly. That's what I told yeah, that'd him. that'd be a good idea. I said, tell him. How about you know, a text? Just call him. Uh, but I'm going to tell him fish deeper. Cause he goes to some of these, uh, reservoirs, these they're, watershed. They're all places. reservoirs. Yeah.
3: They're all deep. I mean, you're fishing yeah. deep, deep. Yeah.
0: And, and he, I don't think he's fishing deep enough. That's what I think. It, it'll yeah.
3: spin people out. Cause mm-hmm. you're right. I think majority of people, you know, they buy the fancy electronics because it's the newest, latest, greatest. Mm-hmm. they think they have to have them. They have to look the part. Yeah. But it really does take some time to get in tune and get comfortable fishing deep. I remember when I left the state of Wisconsin, and I went to Big Water. I went to out west where they're all deep reservoirs, mm-hmm. like, you know, 180 feet on some of the lakes that I, I fish and guide on. And uh, I always thought 15, 25 feet, that's when people said deep. Yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah. Was right, right, right. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I got my butt kicked out there for about a year mm-hmm. or two. And believe it or not, I mean, I, I even joined, you know, you're going back to 97 and somewhere in the early 2000s. I joined a local federation and some clubs just so I could fish with some of the locals out there. To learn because i i mean i was i'd catch fish but i couldn't get anything consistent and yeah. then you start to learn you know in your head a florida strained bass you think well these fish have got to be slow or, or shallow they're florida strained you know they're going to be 12 mm-hmm. feet and shallower and uh lo and behold you know a fish doesn't know where he where, where he lives you know that's they, right. they adapt to the culture within the mm-hmm. ecosystem they have and if the bait fish and is out deep then that's what they do so and when they say deep
1: they mean they, they mean, mean deep deep and yeah. and they're related it's not necessarily a, a, a thermocline type
3: situation it's a bait fish oriented yeah especially when you get into deep reservoirs and a lot of places where you know when shad and uh, you know is the predominant bait fish or you go down south, um, you know, you can go even down to the Carolinas, the Lake Hartwell and some of those areas where they're chasing herring around and things like that. Those fish are going to follow bait. They don't necessarily relate to the, they they do relate to structure, but more so the bait. You can go to, a, a, some, some deep structure and they're there one day and you may not find them there for, you know, for weeks. Yeah, you know, this, they're constantly, um, moving bait. So you have to use electronics to find the bait, find the bait, find the fish.
0: And so the first time I was on Lake Mead, which... Get a little deep, uh, um, yeah. And uh, these guys were saying about how they're they're, they're they they want to be out in 150 feet of water. And I said, "What are you nuts?" And he said, "No, the bat, the, the shad are maybe like 20, 30 feet down, and the bass are maybe 40, 50 feet down. They're underneath them, and when they want them, they just go up and get them."
3: Yeah. And I said, "Oh, that's why they're using
0: all this weird stuff." No, <laughs> it, it, it is.
3: It's you know, but that's what you know makes yeah. uh, good anglers great anglers. You know, gotta gotta adapt, gotta learn.
0: That's right, and
3: right now we got to learn to go to a break.
0: Mitch says so. So, just throw something at us, Mitch. Yeah, we're going to go to a quick break, folks. Pay a few bills, and uh, we'll be right back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors.
1: Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, coming to you live from the Bait Mate Fish Attractant Studios. We are presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. I'm Dan Bush, wealthy single straight landowner from Douglas County with socks all the way up to my knees. Tom Newbauer's on my right. And uh, Ron Johnson, our Bait Mate Fish Attractant uh, Specialist uh, Pro Angler. We've been talking deep water bass, a lot of things. And you guys, between you two guys, I learned more about bass fishing than uh any other meth any other way just listening to you guys any questions seven nine nine twelve fifty
0: you know I I think you know besides panfish when it comes to game fish I think bass is the number one fish that people fish for in the country you know That's true
3: not not just our country but other countries too you know. Because they got them all over the place. Definitely getting very popular. You know, yeah. bass fishing has really taken off um in other parts of the country. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Japan is a huge bass Huge. Those guys, those guys are nuts about bass fishing. Nuts. There's, yeah. there's sick. There's actually probably a good dozen um guys that travel from Japan all the way over here yeah. just to fish the Bassmaster yeah. opens. Some of them on the Elite Series. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's mm-hmm. a very, very large sport. Heck, it's in, you know, all the lower 48 states and... Uh, you can catch them in just about anything all the year round. It's it's incredible. That's where all the money is, and that's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, the great thing about a bass is you can catch them on so many different ways. Well, that's just it. The
0: There's a lot of them. You catch them a lot of different ways. Like Buck Perry once said, shallow, deep, somewhere in between. You know, they're all over. You know, I mean, so yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one time I met these guys from uh, Zimbabwe, Africa. It was in Minnesota. There was this uh, Bass Federation uh, Northern Division Championship, and these guys. Won the right to come and fish it, so they and they had a fundraiser there. So they went from Zimbabwe, Africa, to Algeria, I think it mm-hmm. was, and then from there to France, and then from France to Chicago, and then from Chicago they drove up to, uh, oh shoot, what was the name of that lake? That, it's way up in northern Minnesota, big body of water. Well, anyway, and so when these guys are over by a picnic table and they're talking, and I, you know, you know, I'm pretty sharp. I can tell when these guys ain't from around here, <laughs> you know, their accent. Right. It was, it's, it's that Africanese, it's, it's English, but it's got a little like British and Dutch in it and whatever, you know. It's called and,
1: Africanese? Africanese, yeah.
0: <laughs> Is that a real word? Yes, Africanese. I don't, I don't know. Ron, you learn stuff yes. new from Tom every week yeah. when you're here. Africanese. So anyway, and I went over there and talked to these guys and found out, you know, how their whole trip, you know, all this way <clears throat> to fishing some stupid bass tournament, you know. and hey, uh hey. Well, well, you know what <laughs> I, I mean. I mean, it. in the, in the scheme of things and you know, all, they're yeah, a half a world away, you know, and they, so, and then, uh, they, I was asking them about where, where did they get their, uh, bass fishing stuff from? Because I can't see a lot of stores over there. Well, what, <coughs> sell them a couple of those worms. No, what they, what they do is what they had done was years before they had transplanted Florida strain, largemouth bass in a river over there. And, uh, Oh, excuse me. And these guys were saying, and well, I was joking with him and I said, well, I suppose you really got to watch out for those crocodiles. He says, yeah, but not really the crocodile so much. He says, it's the hippos you got to watch out for. And I said, what? And I didn't know anything about that. And then he says, oh yeah. He says, the hippo come up, he'll take a bite out of your boat. He says, they're, they're very vicious. They're aggressive. And when you see hippos and then they go under the water, he says, you just start up your motor, move downstream. Just go, go away. And uh, I and I'm thinking to myself, boy, and we worry about a couple of snakes or water skiers or you know or gators, or gators or gators, yeah, you. gators, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was. And then I said, where do you, where do you get your stuff from? You know, you're like your lures, rods, like, wow, reels. And he says, oh, Bass Pro Shop, but it takes a while to get them so it was kind of funny you know they, they have to order from the states now, maybe it's different now but this is back wow then. But, yeah i mean and you know those Amazing. guys were doing well, it, well, it it's, over it's there gaining you know in popularity yeah.
3: all over i have I, there's guys from <laughs> like i said japan africa south africa mm-hmm. australia and I, i'm just as amazed i'm excited about it i love to hear that but i'm just as amazed that they would I mean that's a heck of an investment and a lot of dedication to be able to travel yeah. from another country and they'll have a bass boat and truck here that they'll store somewhere and fly here, get in it and go fish tournaments. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, it's crazy. Eh? crazy. Well, those guys, uh, you know,
0: they're like it. They like it. Like they're into it. Like you are. You know, you're, yeah. you're 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 professional at it. You you make your living at it. And that's a lot of people would probably like to do that. You know, there are probably a lot of guys out there would like to do that. So when we come back after this break, maybe you can give them a few pointers, maybe a few tips. Love to. What do you think? Yeah, and
1: I want to hear about, you said there's some new Bait Mate product or yeah. something before. Yes, we were talking the new about.
0: Ultra Live Baits
1: by
3: Bait Mate. Is them. this that worm? The, no, Bait Mate. Because they it.
0: were going to come out with a plastic well, worm. Do, Andy we, was telling us yeah, about we, that. We do
3: have, we have uh, six new baits out, Okay. and uh, we'll talk about them when you get back from your break.
0: All right, sounds great. We'll be right back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors with professional bass angler Ron Johnson. We'll be right back. What the hell is this, Danny? What? I mean, I know what it is, but it's... You've never odd. heard this? Yeah, I've heard it, and it's odd. Well, this is a classic,
1: man. This is Led Zeppelin. Why is it odd?
0: I, I don't know. I don't know about being a classic. Not a classic in my eye. I don't know. Listen. You don't want to You don't want to put a bet on it, do you? We have callers call in say name? if it's a classic or not. Man, classic rock? This is Seven this nine. Is okay, class. turn it down Classic. I, what's Se- the name of this one again? Yeah, it's so classic it's he don't know the name of it. Misty Mountain Hop. Misty yeah. Mountain Hop, man. 799-1250. You think it's a classic or not? Give us a call. Do you think anyway. Tom could play it on his guitar? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I wouldn't. Matt. Uh, Matt. Now I now you got me calling people Dan, all different names. Matt. Ron, Ron Johnson, what is your email? We were just talking off the air about how you do a lot of guiding in the offseason when the big tournaments aren't going on. You know, you're doing a lot of guiding down there in Arizona, catching lots of 3- to 10-pound bass or, or bigger sometimes. Yes. Uh, how can they get in touch with you if they want to do that?
3: You know, the easiest way is just go to my website. It's uh, <laughs> rjfishing.com and, uh, or email me at ron at rjfishing.com. And they can yeah. also just Google the Arizona fishing guides if if you if that's too hard for you, okay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> okay. and and I I'll come right on up. Yeah. Okay.
1: And, and you, uh, don't yeah, you don't company. need the www. Yeah, you don't need the www. You don't need it.
3: And actually, I will get back to Phoenix. Usually, uh, uh, I think the after the U.S. Open and middle of October, I'll return back to Phoenix around November. But that's right when the the weather's cooling down, and a lot of these uh, midwestern snowbirds make their way out yep, yep. out there to us, and I'll guide uh, all the way through the month of April, and uh, that's some of the some of the most fantastic fishing anywhere. And and like I, I think I've mentioned this last year, I was on the air. As people are shocked when they come out there and they see uh, they see how much water actually is in the desert. You yeah. wouldn't expect it. Well,
0: I just heard too that uh, a lot. I did not know this, but I guess. Underneath that all that sand and rock, there's a huge aquifer of water in the southwest. It's true. Down I, deep. I have heard down that.
3: I, I can't confirm it, but I've heard they always say that we're yeah. in a uh, drought out there, but they say that there's so much water underneath the desert right. out there. Right. And, and actually, there are some, uh, some of the rivers that run out of lakes actually do go underneath actual Phoenix yeah. and yeah. The, the Phoenix right. area, and they come right back up, you know, 10 miles uh, later right. in their lakes.
0: Now, we had a, do we have a caller on the line right now? Yeah. Who do you yeah, we got? Do.
4: We do. Have, we have Bill from Sportsman's Den.
0: Oh, yeah. Go ahead.
4: All right. Here yeah. he is. Hey,
0: hey, Bill. Good morning. How's it going?
4: Hey, top of the morning, Tom. Hey, I'm back from the Great White Fishing Show with a really new invention somebody came out with. Everybody would be kind of cool. I thought I'd tell you guys about it. What is it? It's called the Bob Light. It actually, <laughs> this is. Probably the best thing I found in the shelf. It's a bobber, slip bobber fix, and it shines down in the water to attract the fish.
0: Well, kind of like and the old crappie lights, eh? Hey? Like the crappie like, lights. Like the cr- old crappie lights. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah, and it shines down and gives light down into the water. I've never seen a bobber like that before. Wow. It's a bobber. Yeah.
0: And, I, and I bet you you have some. Uh, I'm the only one with them. You're the only one with them. I (laughs) I kind of knew that. that. At Sportsman's Den at 53rd and uh, Villard, he's the only one who's got them.
4: Hey, it's pretty cool. People got to see this. But what I wanted to give a fishing report, uh, man, for you guys that love perch fishing, get up to Beaver Dam. They're huge. They're abundant. It's great.
0: Didn't they lower the water up there?
4: Well, they, they did, but it didn't hurt. It I no. mean it, it did some damage, but it didn't touch that lake. In reality, that it, it didn't. It hurt, but the fishing's still great up there for those perch and the catfish. If you like catfish, all right. I mean it's been the most consistent that I've heard in the store. Madison's been good. Nice, nice pan. The rain hasn't affected the bluegill fishing at all. No,
0: not at all. Not at all.
4: Um, no. no, the fish don't care if they get wet. But uh, right.
0: All Um, right. Well, thank you, Bill, for that report.
4: Get out there. And if you're looking
0: for the special bobbers that shine down, Bill at Sportsman's Den has them.
4: All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Bill.
0: Bye now. Now, we had a caller earlier off the air that wanted to know how, you know, you're talking about fishing 50, 60, 70 feet down. How do you get your baits down there? Yeah, what that's do you want us to know? What
3: are you using? Here's it's pretty simple. Here's my some of my favorite <laughs> baits I like to use when I'm fishing, uh, you know, anywhere from forty feet all the way to hundred feet of water. Is uh one, my go-to is a castmaster. Um I you know, a lot of people would think that's the kind of bait you're gonna use for probably what trout or salmon yeah, yeah, up here. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. but it is an incredible um, incredible bait to, uh, to Vertical, get down. Vertically jigging? Well, there's a few different presentations. First off is obviously depending upon the water, I'll mix it up from the, the rate of fall, you know, to get down to where the fish are at. Yeah, uh, how size? And the profile. Half ounce and uh, three quarters are my two favorites. Okay. Once in a while I'll go to the three-eighths, but the half ounce pretty much mimics and replicates the, the, the size of uh, a shad or a fathead or, mm-hmm. or most minnows out there. Very clear water, I go with chrome, chrome blue. If you have any bit of stain in the water, obviously the deeper you go, the darker the water is going to be. That gold works a lot better. Um, and uh, vertical jigging is is obviously probably the easiest way for most people. Um, I like to uh, lose my use my electronics. You've got to find the bait fish or see them on your electronics, obviously, mm. um, to vertical jig over them. And you just let it go to the bottom, and a little quick flick of the wrist, once it hits the bottom, just engage your reel, just pop it up. And if that doesn't work, you have to experiment with different cadences. And one of my things is I use it like a crankbait. One of my biggest secrets to locating fish is I use a Castmaster because everything eats a shad. Everything eats a small bait fish. And crankbaits don't always get down. It's hard to find a lot of crankbaits, and they can be a lot of work, you know, to get a one down 20 feet, 30 feet. Mm-hmm. Guys will pick them up and chuck them for a while, and either you know, they don't have the success or their arms get tired and they put it down. A Castmaster is a perfect bait to make super, super long casts. Um, I like to throw them on spinning rods with like, uh, you know, a 10 to 20 pound braid with a fluorocarbon leader, let them count down, let them fall. And I will actually, you know, you can uh, work them right through the middle of the schools uh, if they're suspended, but I like to let them hit the bottom. And then what I'll do is I'll give them one or two pops. And usually if there's a fish in the area, he's already hit it on the way down or on those first two pops. Then what I do is I slowly start to reel it. So you make a super long cast and you're reeling it up through the water column. And as I'm reeling it, I'll reel it, and every once in a while, I'll just flick the risk and then kill it, let it fall a second, and then start reeling it again. And that's usually when your strikes will come. But the greatest thing about it is you can cover water extremely fast, and you can figure out the zone. When you're covering you know, water that's 60, 70 feet deep or even 40 feet deep, there's a lot of water from top to bottom. So by making those long casts, after a while, you start to figure out that depth zone. And a lot of times, they don't want the bait when you're vertically uh, over them. So I like to use it more so as a casting bait. You know, I'll cast it and, uh, as a good search lure. The other thing I like to use is, is you guys use them here ice fishing or those Rapala 5 ace jigging wraps or half-ounce jigging wraps, they're killer. Um, you know, And a lot of guys don't think about using ice fishing jigs for bass. Um, and they'll catch other things. I catch giant flatheads, channel cat, yellow bass. Um, you know, I know guys around here probably use those techniques for walleye um, but don't dismiss it as a as a great lure to catch bass.
1: How about the ripping wraps, which are so big up here now? Everybody's jigging them for walleye.
3: You know, it's funny you say that. I was just uh, my first. I, I don't use a lot of the ripping wraps. They obviously look look a lot like the uh, rattle traps, of course, right? Just a lot right. narrower and more right. slender. And uh, when I was up uh, Tuesday, uh, you know, obviously we filmed a show uh, up there, a walleye show. And uh, we were actually using those ripping wraps. That was the first time I had that on, and we were ripping them up off some of the reefs, as you had mentioned. Right, right. And uh, we were catching walleyes on them. That was, uh, it was a pretty cool little bait. I just picked up a couple of them in blue and silver. I bet that
1: that would work for the bass Absolutely. down there. It's something I'm going to have to check out.
3: We got a caller? Yeah, we have Herb and graft, and he was driving along listening, yeah. and he's got a question for you guys. Go ahead, Herb. Hey, Herb. Good morning. Good morning, Herb.
5: Uh, good morning. Uh, we just got back from Canada, Ontario, flying and fishing, and I had ordered... Uh, Fifty dozen minnows and uh i had I bought one of these uh minnow things that's about thirty six inches in diameter about thirty eight inches deep and has a mesh so the water flows through but the minnows die about more than half the minnows died within the first day, and I was just curious how the hell do you keep minnows alive when you're on a flying outpost uh, and can't get new minnows until uh the following week. So how do you keep minnows alive in the
0: lake? It's very difficult. See, what you had there is a water temperature difference. You know, when, when they pack those minnows up for you, that water temperature might be 54, 55 degrees right out of the ground well, you know, and then all of a sudden you take them out to that lake and you drop them in that lake where the water temperature might be 75, 78 degrees, and it's gonna there, a lot of them are going to die. Yeah,
5: hey.
0: You got to get used to using plastics and stuff for those fish. <laughs>
5: Well, the, the biggest problem is we fish walleye in northern, but uh, we jig head and uh, the live minnow seems to be the best thing. You put artificial on, like, uh, you know, the plastic uh, uh, worm-like thing. It, uh, we don't usually do that well with no.
0: <laughs> well, Interesting, there, yeah. Well, there are, you know, there's the shad-type, you know, plastics that you can put on the back of jigs. You know, uh, Kalen's makes a lot of them.
3: Well, and, the, and I they just, work. we're going to get into that uh, hopefully um, – We'll talk a little bit about it, but I just got done uh, mentioning it to you guys. Baitmate just came out with the brand new Ultra Live baits, which are biodegradable. They're essentially fish food, and uh, they're incredible. So you don't even have to spray any attractant on them because they actually des- kind of uh, dissolve a little bit and put those particulates right in the water. Hey, you might
0: want to go try going to Baitmate.com. And uh, check out those new baits.
3: Yeah, we got a crawler, new uh, swim baits, minnows, uh, red worms, leeches. Um, I've been experimenting with them over the last year. Uh, I don't do a lot of walleye fishing or pan fishing, but uh, but I have uh, caught some mega, uh, giant red ears using the leech and the crawlers and the red worms. And uh, I've actually caught some walleyes experimenting with a, a quarter ounce jig head throwing the the Bay made ultra live bait crawler on the back. And uh, like I said, it, it they work, they work, they flat out work and you can get them just about at any major retailer right now. It's called Bait
4: Mate? Bait,
3: yeah. Bait Mate, the same ones that make your fish attractant. They, uh, they've they been spending quite a bit of time uh, de- developing these baits, and I know you can pick them up at, at quite a few of your retailers, Cabela's Mills, Fleet Farm, and so forth, yeah. ultra-live baits. Yeah,
0: if you want to find out more info, you can go on their website, baitmate.com, baitmate.com. and uh, you can okay. see what they have, all right?
5: So, If you were going to fish with live minnows, uh, the best thing maybe to do is that when they give them to you, they give you them in a bag that's been... Oxygenated and right and sealed is to put that peg in the lake water and let it let them get acclimated to it. Yeah,
1: I would say if you can get them slowly acclimated, that's going
0: to be better. Yes, okay, definitely.
1: All right,
5: all right. All right. All right. Appreciate that.
1: All right, thanks Thank for you. calling. Take care.
0: Okay, we got to go to a quick break. We got one more segment coming up with Ron Johnson, pro bass angler from Arizona. uh Questions 799-1250 is the phone number, but we're going to get into something else that we didn't get to yet. But I can't. There's a whole bunch of stuff we got to get to you, but I'll tell you one thing. I think I'm going to buy some Castmaster spoons today. I'll be right back with more. Now, this is a classic, Danny. What? This one's a classic. Whatever. All the Led Zeppelin songs are good.
1: Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, coming to you from the Bait Mate Fish at Crack-in Studios. And uh, on the line, I believe we have my friend Al Shook. And uh, good morning, Al. Hey, Al. Good morning. Good
2: morning, gentlemen. Hey. How are we doing today?
1: Good. Now, Tom tells me that you've got 4.25 minutes to tell <laughs> what you need to tell, because we've got special guest Ron here in the studio. So with that, take go. it away.
2: Well, first and foremost, I'm calling as a private citizen, not as a member of the Congress, but the legislature has produced a bill called AB 411 that essentially takes uh, the power of a warden to go on private property to investigate crime. And in the state of Wisconsin, 87% of all the land is privately owned. So you can imagine what's going to happen if a warden cannot go on private property to investigate even a hotline tip of somebody poaching a deer or whatever. The, the doctrine that allows them to do this is called open field. Police have it, wardens have it, state troopers have it. But the wardens are the ones that most typically use it The reason why this has come forward is some state legislators think that it violates the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution. You know, your unreasonable search and seizure. But when you hunt in the state of Wisconsin, hunting and fishing and trapping are a privilege, and it's not a right. There is a constitutional amendment to the state charter that guarantees hunting, fishing, and trapping as a constitutional right. But it also requires you to follow the rules of that sport, meaning you have to have a license. Now, if a warden sees you carrying a gun in a field or fishing in a creek on private property, it's his obligation to come and see if you have the proper certificate. This bill, AB 411, would remove the ability of the warden to go and verify the fact that people are following the rules.
1: So what what and can we what can we do, Al?
2: If... The hearing is this Wednesday at ten o'clock, and I understand people work at the Capitol. But if you can send an email or call your local representative, uh, Paul Smith is going to have an article in the Journal tomorrow that's going to have a lot of information about this. But if if they take this away from the wardens, this open field doctrine. The number one sport up north for deer hunting is going to be cabin shooting because there'll be no way a warden can go on private property to investigate bait piles, gut piles, whatever the case may be. So it's, it's a terrible thing that's coming about. And I, I don't know what manifests this, but The longer they sit in power, the crazier their ideas become. So so
1: there's an actual physical meeting in Madison that can be attended by the public?
2: Yes, there's a public hearing at the Assembly Sporting and Heritage Committee Wednesday at 10 o'clock on the fourth floor of the Capitol. And if you're able to come, I'm asking everyone to wear a piece of orange, blaze orange clothing. Let them know. Several years ago, we surrounded the Capitol with red. Well, we're going to have to start showing the guys where their bread gets buttered. Otherwise, this kind of silliness is just going to keep on going.
1: Or if you can't make it, you said you can email your state representative. What is that, like your state, what, senator? or Is that what you're state talking
2: State representative. This is in the assembly right now. Okay. So you have the three houses of the government, the government, the governor, the senate, and the assembly. Right now it's in the assembly, and it's in front of Joel Clayfish's Boarding and Heritage Committee right now.
1: Gotcha. So, all right.
2: I appreciate the time, gentlemen, and it's been enjoyable listening to you, Bob. Those are great, tr- great tips today. All right, okay.
1: and we will. Uh, I'll see you fishing in a, uh, a couple of days, there, buddy.
2: Right. I certainly hope so, Danny. You all take care. Thanks a lot. All right, okay. take care, Al. Thanks, see Al.
0: you, Al. Bye. So uh, let's ask you again, Ron Johnson, pro bass angler from Arizona, up here for. Uh, well, for a couple of days at least. A
3: couple more days. Yeah. Actually, I'm here and for about a, well, I'll go do some fishing with Danny, yeah. maybe hit a few more lakes, and then I'm off to the next Bassmaster event yeah. in Richmond, Virginia. So, Ooh,
0: there you go. Uh, and how do they get in touch with you again? Give us those websites, yeah, email. The easiest
3: way is to just reach out to me via my website. It's uh, uh, rjfishing.com. And, uh, you know, my, my phone number, just, just about any way to get a hold of me is right through the website. Okay, rjfishing.com. Correct, and if you can't remember that, Ron Johnson Fishing will take you right, yeah. right there. Well, so. I kind of figured RJ stood for Ron Johnson. It did.
1: <laughs> and how, how big
3: was that fish Gillespie caught with you, that large You know, it was, a, it was a good nine-pounder. Yeah, he was out uh, in April, and, uh, you know, the show turned out good, but he, uh, he came down there, and we couldn't have had three of the hotter— days. I mean it was calm. Uh they were messing with the water on the reservoir. It right. shut the fish down. And we were lucky to pull it off. I think we had Bill Morgan also down there with us from Johnsonville brats And uh Bill caught a you know a good four and a half pounder. But boy, was John excited on that when he caught that when night he caught that fish. My gosh. I, I was excited <laughs> for him. But you know, uh, I- it was it was pretty awesome. I told him you come down here. You're gonna you always have an opportunity getting a personal best and and, uh, boy, they were razzing me all day long. It, the behind the scenes, boy, him and the camera when guys. When you only oh, got a gosh. couple of
1: three-pounders to start with and it's oh, hotter yeah. than can be. And- he's
3: sitting there looking around, where's the sheep in the mountains? Where's this, that, you know? <laughs> and, and give me a hard time. And he's like, we should have went back for the giant red ears and bluegills out at Havasu, you know? And they were second-guessing it. But, Whoa. boy, when he got that giant uh, that giant bass. When did you catch that on, it. anyway? He actually caught it on a wacko. Yep, yeah. a five-inch watermelon, uh, watermelon seed wacko. You know, a lot of people, of water.
0: a lot of people still talk about and remember uh, when you uh, had Gillespie down there for those monster bluegills. Gosh. They still talk about that and remember that. They'll never—I don't think they'll ever forget people, that.
3: People, I received probably 300 calls to do those trips since then. Really? Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. We'll do it again next year for a fun show for Gillespie. I think he's coming <laughs> back out. He wants some more action.
0: Well, uh, you know, thanks for taking the time to come and visit us. Always a we pleasure always be enjoy be it. Oh, I love, and I'll tell you idea. what, I'm going to go out and buy some Castmasters, and I'm going to be trying some of that deep water stuff. And for us, deep water might be 20, 25 feet, 30 feet,
3: you know. You get on them, I'll tell you what, guys, they're less pressure. Not many people are comfortable with fishing deep, so you find that's cool. Yeah. You may have it all to yourself. Yeah, maybe they I'll, go,
1: I'll go to Arizona and have you show me the sheep, too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you got it. That's pretty
2: bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man, that's our bushy. Uh so anyway, um how many how much time we got left there? We got about, about a minute. Yeah, about a minute okay, left. Okay, uh
1: contact your state representative because we need the wardens to yeah. do their job and protect our hunting and fishing. We you know no,
0: that's a dumb bill that we're In there.
1: a great state. I had Drago out, he's from Serbia, and he says, I love Wisconsin. We've got great hunting and fishing here, so yeah. and great people. Yep. Well, I guess that's all I got. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors coming to you from the Bait Mate Fish Attractant Studios presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. Talk to you all next week.